Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Snowcast. Um, uh, look, lads, Jesus Christ, um, Owen, I say we haven't recorded together in six weeks. I'm back! <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the, lis- the listeners don't realise that you weren't there for the recordings at the pub, so like, as far as they're concerned, you were never gone. Like. No, no, sure, I've been tipping, dicking about the country, like, I don't know, I don't know where I've been, like, just breaking lockdowns, left, right and centre, that's, that's what I've been at. Um back. Yeah, guess who's back. Uh, but yeah, good to be back. Good to be on what will hopefully, hopefully be our last distance podcast. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it'll be our last one in terms of like, you know. Forever, sorry, last one before yeah. we hit a pub like. But I think like, yeah, I think the whole lockdown has been a game changer going forward for a lot of things and maybe even the podcast as well. And it might actually open up our minds to fucking, you know, different types of podcasts. Just like, you know, if you're a new listener to this podcast, the last two episodes, the last call, um, like very different, not your conventional snowcasts. Just like none of these Zoom calls are your conventional snowcast, you know, because we are a podcast that's uh, USB is being recorded in an Irish pub or, or a pub or wherever we are um, over a couple of points and just some pub chat. So trying to have that pub chat over Zoom has been different and a challenge for us. But but the last two is is something very different that we've done. Uh, the last call is a little mini series where we talk to publicans who have been affected by uh, COVID who don't who aren't serving food and have stayed closed until until twenty oh, first of September. 21st. Oh my God! Write it down. That'll be in the diaries for years. And like, that'll be like the, the day the ice age ended, you know. <laughs> you know the way like Ardor's day had to be cancelled because lads were like, you know, just going around the place stark naked, they were so drunk and stuff like, you know. Actually, that was around that time, wasn't it? That was around the, around the same time, Ardor's day. Wasn't Ardor's day like just oh, nearly like what? the week after Freshers' Week when we were in college? Oh, reckless, yeah. Like, jeez, 
that'll be some comeback now for Guinness if they like relaunch Arthur's Day on the 21st yeah yeah I think um, Peter from the Portleash pub club actually took a took an old dig at the Vintners it was brilliant there today on social media just saying like you're all going around holding pints of Heineken Guinness but like you know where are the local breweries and the on, on the on the newspapers which is great but I, I so on that team I'm like the 21st is a, 21st September is in and around our birthday as well, isn't it? Like the podcast birthday too. Oh, it is. Fuck. I'm, I'm going to say it is. Like it probably yeah. isn't. But I'm going to, we're, we're now claiming the 21st of September. And the other thing I want to say, right? The last call was we, we did, we, where we spoke to pubs, we talked about, you know, what the pubs, the history was like. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, please go back and do because we put an awful lot of work and effort into it. You put an awful lot of work and effort into it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving you credit. Like, but, Thanks, um, and And, you know, we're we're actually very proud of that. I think it's, I think it came together very very well, um, and the publicans are so say it so much better than we could. But to talk about the history of the pubs, they talk about um, how COVID has affected them and what they think it's going to be like going forward. And I'm just saying this now on. I reckon uh, Chief Medical Officer for Ireland Ronan Glynn and the Minister of Health Stephen Donnelly must be loyal listeners because. Uh, <laughs> Put out episode two last week, and this week they announced the pubs are opening again. So I reckon they listen to they listen to Marie Mellet, they listen to Mike Man, they listen to Tom Ryan, they listen to uh, Ed Cal, Ed Cal, and um, they listen they listen to Four Provinces, they listen to Kilty Lynn, and they turn around and they said, "No, fuck it, we have to open the pubs now." Um, they're fucking dead right, like Jesus Christ. Oh my God, what a what a hardship it's been! Like, I just I've just missed like this kind of camaraderie and stuff. Like we've, like we, me and you, we had an old meal out there last week, and it's probably the first time that we had like any bit of crack. Now we had an almighty bit of crack there that that night there in Bodega in Waterford. Went out for a nice a nice tasty meal and a few tasty pints and stuff. Um, and it was great. It was kind of great, like getting that like hustle and bustle. But like, you know, you're being served by a waitress. You, you don't get that bit of crack off her as much, you know. Um, you know, it's it's it, it it's nice. Like even even times I've gone into Grady's yard over the over the last while. Like you have like the bartenders coming down, and I know it's going to be table service again. But like, I feel that the publicans are going to do their utmost to you know keep up that kind of sense of community that isn't involved in the pub, like, you know, um, coming down, asking how you are, bit of crack, bit of banter between you. So I'm really looking forward to that, like just sitting down without having, a, having to order a big plate of chips. I really, I really want to come back to the, the element of, of table service in a second. But before we crack on, uh, I really, really want to know, what are you yeah. drinking tonight? Um, I'm on... It looks, it looks good on the camera here now, like listeners, I know you can't see, but... It looks fucking tasty from where I'm sitting. Um, I'm on um, a concoction by um, Yellow Belly Beer and Heaney Brewery. Um, and it's an orange and rosemary wit uh, entitled, I'm Too Old for This Wit. Um, and yeah, oh, it's, it's, um, it's really nice. Yeah, really, really fruity, really cit- citrusy. Um, and just really light, like you know, it's not um, it's not as carbonated as kind of like some of your IPAs and stuff, like where you'd be getting fizzed out of it. Like, um, it's actually really smooth. Have yeah, a little taste of it here. I think a, a whiz is like you know anyone who attended those virtual beer festivals, um, 
with Brian Cahill over the summer would have known that like uh, there's a fierce demand out there amongst um, Irish craft beer enthusiasts for different styles and and wits are, are a style that we don't see often enough in Ireland I think like it sounds lovely like I haven't I haven't had one yet but I, you know uh, I, I think we'll give a shout out again to Worldwide Wines in Waterford and the Plint oh the Plint God, dear God almighty we went we went on Tuesday after work we went and had a look at the plinth and uh, you picked up that weight. Uh, and, and again, like shout out to Yellow Belly and Heaney. Again, the artwork is brilliant. And just the thought and cleverness that goes into the naming of the drinks, like is, is I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. Um, <coughs> I, yeah. Just, and again, just a shout out. World of Wines. Yeah, <laughs> we can't yeah. give them enough shout outs, but oh my God, like just, like I think it's a, it's that kind of selection of beers. So you got a what five for sixteen euro deal? Yeah. Um. So like all your top shelf there is just a a smorgasbord of cans and that you can just choose freely. And I love the way they're all dotted around. It's not even like done by brewery. It's nearly done by like color of can or something. Yeah. Like it's just all over the place, dotted all over the place. There's no reason, like. But the other thing as well is like obviously we're big we're big big proponents of uh, diversity and equality of opportunity here mm-hmm. on the Snowcast uh, in all walks of life. But there's great diversity on the plint, you know, diversity of brewery, diversity of style, um, just diversity of drink. Like it's 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 fantastic to go in and and just like you should be quite simple. You're going in to buy five cans. Mm. Like it'll be a fairly oh. simple process. They were in there about 20 minutes, were we? Yeah, it turns a five-minute simple process into just this wondrous 20-minute adventure um, of of trying to pick out cans. And I put up on the Instagram story the other night, the Snowcast Instagram story. Uh, If if you're on Instagram, give us a follow at Snowcast. We're not as active on it as we should be, but when we are are active on it, there's usually some nice beer or a bit of crack or us drunkenly talking shite. Um, Oscar Hilgar or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, but but I put up the other night I had a Wicklow Wolf Elevation Pale Ale top top notch beer that got some love on the Instagram story the other night um, and uh, a really really good beer but what I'm drinking tonight is uh, one of my highlights of the summer and I suppose this plays into the pubs reopening it's a beer that if the pubs never closed I probably never would have got it, gotten around to drinking because I don't drink it much at home pre-COVID me didn't drink much at home I don't know will that change now I, I'm kind of I don't know it's it, it, it's something that's really sticking in my craw whether like literally I've had so many good beers this summer that I simply would not have had if I was going to pubs in, in Waterford and Kilkenny and Leash and not going to pubs in other parts of the country as opposed to buying off a, a mega plint in worldwide wines or buying off that amazing fridge range that they have in, in our king stores or buying off beercloud.ie. Um, so I'm on the dead center brewing teeny tiny. Um, it, it, it's it's a, a New England style IPA. You've got Citra El Dorado and Idaho 7 hops in it. A top, top notch. I, I've had it on the podcast before. I've spoken about it before. It's just a real fruity, juicy, um, super sessionable, really drinkable pale ale. I've I absolutely fucking adore it. It's one of my highlights of the summer, and um, like Dead Center Brewing, they're a top top brewery. As I open the can, another can, and um, they're a top top brewery, and we just don't see enough of them in the southeast um, on draft. 
So uh, that's that's something that that you know the summer has been brilliant for opening my eyes and my taste buds to breweries and and uh, beers that I would I wouldn't have experienced. So if there's one positive to come out of this COVID shenanigans, it's uh, it's just the range and depth of beers that I've been able to drink this summer because my habit has changed from going and drinking what what Phil Grimes, Grady's Yard, Tully's, J.K. Walsh's, Downs's have on tap to me being able to pick and choose from a plint because I'm going to drink at home, you know? And um, it's just a super beer. And I just thought it was worth mentioning that, you know, going forward, pubs are about to open. Um, I suppose it might be a good segue, Owen, to, to talk about, um, you probably, you would have drank a little bit more at home than I would have in the past. Um, do you think, do you think going forward that you will be, you will be reaching for the plinth as often as you'll be reaching for the pint? Um, yeah, maybe actually. Um, I think actually just maybe just bring it back there on the kind of that can culture, I suppose. Um, what I'd kind of like to see is what I'd love to see really actually is um, restaurants around Ireland um, kind of embracing the the local brewers and the local cans that they s- supply. Like, you know, and wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if you could get like, you know, go into a restaurant and like not know what cans that they'd have like they just had a rotating kind of series of cans or you know just whatever was new like imagine like like say teaming up with like yellow belly or whoever and just having like just fucking random cans that they have um just coming out like i'd I'd love to go to a place like that where like you know i like i know in fairness that a lot of um a lot of restaurants uh, now will um, kind of will have teamed up with maybe a, a like a quite a local brewer, um, but I'd love to see just like um, you know something that were like they didn't even have a menu; they just had a chalkboard or something and just got the cans up and again. So I'd love to see, I'd love to see that kind of culture kind of being embraced a bit more and kind of you know that little bit of messing around with cans. Like that's that's the thing I suppose that you've touched on there. It's like that's kind of whole thing of. Um, exploration of cans and exploration of taste that I probably wouldn't haven't or didn't really before um, lockdown at all I would have just kind of just gone in and maybe got like the few usuals or you know got a box or something or whatever and been kind of tipping away on those like whereas I think now that's going to really open my eyes to like you know going going along and even actually another another brainwave what about like even if like breweries started promoting their cans I mean like okay this will go well with a steak this will go well with chicken whatever and like pu- trying to push it to you know different spots like i think that could be awesome wouldn't it? i actually on that team i actually had a, a discussion on uh, monday night last with a guy who runs a gastro pub in the west of ireland and i was talking about this and he said like you know it's clientele would tend to want to drink the same old stuff every now and again, but he does get people in who are like, oh, what else do you have or whatever? And um, I was saying to him, I said, look, would you not do maybe like do something where you have a variety of craft beer cans in a fridge? And when someone comes in and they don't know what they want to drink, you just say, right, we have this lucky dip where you whatever you order with your food, we give you any can and you give it for like a discount price for the lucky dip, but they have to try something and it's locally produced or it's an independent brewery. And you're like, you're ordering your steak or whatever. And you're like, um, I don't, what, what do you want to drink? I'm not sure. Look, we have a lucky dip. You can have um, a drink from our, our fridge of madness uh, for four euro. Like, you know, it's, it's locally independently 
brew beer. And then with the meal, then they get like, you know, a random drink with them. If you have your staff well enough trained on the beer, like they'll know if someone's ordering a steak, they give an accompaniment beer that's, that'll complement it. And I just think something like that, maybe just to, to stimulate interest. Uh, but I think you're right, like it needs to come. The restaurant industry, I think does need to help support the independent brewers a bit more as well. Um, I know some, some places are quite good for it. Um, but then like, you know, I think as well, even with a meal, like is a point of Heineken or a pint of Guinness great with a meal? Probably yeah, not. Yeah, no, probably not. Like that, That's it. Uh, a pint of Smithics with a meal, possibly not ideal. But but what I would say is like, um, I, I think, I think you know, so, some of the food that we, some of the drinks that we drink go really well with food as well. And people wouldn't necessarily place it. And maybe even for people who might not necessarily like that drink, on a regular, if they're going out for a couple of pints, it might be the ideal drink for them with 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 a meal, you know. So I think I think people need to. Do, I'd love to see people opening their minds more restaurant tours. I think you hit on a great point there, Owen. Yeah, I just want. Yeah, I'd love a little bit of messing around, like just you know, just a little bit of fucking. I don't know, like just for pubs to come along and, or well, not even pubs, but for restaurants to come along and just messing around with like their beer selections and stuff like that. Like I think, I think it would be an awesome op- option, like. I love that kind of just, you know, I think as well, like with restaurants, there can be a thing whereby you go to a restaurant and there is a bit of comfort of knowing like what you're going to get there. But I love one, I love ones where like they kind of change up the menu and sometimes even the specialist the thing that you'll always look to straight away. Reminds me of like, say like tapas restaurants and stuff like that, where you're going in and you're like, Oh, what's, what's new here now? Like just so many, like they nearly change the menu the whole time. Like, you know, I think just something like that and kind of a, a, a beer faculty could be, yeah, top drawer. Yeah, um, there's, de- there's definitely opportunities there. But I think I think that that's the one thing lockdown has showed me is like that, that there's so many beers out there beyond what I would get to taste if I'm just drinking in a pub. Um, and, and it might change my habits. I, I, I tend not to drink at home, be pre-COVID. I, I tend not to, as I said many times on the podcast. But... The likes of teeny, like the breweries are giving us such good beers that were tasting throughout the summer. Yeah, it was really hard to then turn your back on them and go back to, you know, a narrower window of beer opportunities that we yeah. have in 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 the pubs in the southeast. Um, but it's say even it's even like that. Like, wh- where are you going to get? Like, obviously we have Grady's Yard and we we might get it there. But like, where are you going to get like matcha green tea? Like beer yeah. anywhere else other than like being able to buy a can of it like you know and so it's like it's that little like fucking messing around being like what the fuck is this going to taste like i want to, i want to try this because this could be amazing or it could be an absolute fuck up or whatever but like i still want to try it i want to like know yeah. what this is going to be like like even there there like i'm like this orange and rosemary wit like i had a notion what that was going to be like and it's it's class like you know uh, I, I just like even that one that I had last night um, by Galway Bay oh it's fucking actually I can't remember I took a little photo of it um, was that the that was the um... it was the Oregon Grown IPA and it was like three different types of hops uh, Strata El Dorado and Idaho 7 and oh my god it packed such a punch and yeah, a the, juicy like, punchy bastard of a thing very that's grass because like um the, the, the teeny tiny in terms of hop 
uh, profile is if you remove the strata from that and put in Citra, it's the same profile yeah. with, with Idaho 7 and El Dorado, which are great, great hops. Uh, I had a really good point to make there on something you said. I've lost the train of um, I've lost my train of thought, but it was, yeah, it was on the, the, the yellow belly stuff there. You see with the match green tea beer and stuff like that, and, and some really cool stuff. Like, this, this is something that has brought like you literally brought me back to going in the door, Phil Grimes, and Tom seeing us come in and his eyes lighting up because he's got a beer that he wants us to try. And I think if you can develop that relationship with your local barman, if they do sort of craft beer or independent um, Irish beer, that would like when they get a, a beer that they're excited about in and they see someone who's willing to try something new, it actually, it's, it, it, I never realized until I spoke to Tom about it when we were doing the last call and I spoke to him like either side of it and, and Tom, who was so generous to us with raising money for the solar center um, as well. Like when I was talking to him about that kind of stuff, like realizing that us showing that interest made such a difference to him and gave him such professional satisfaction as a barman and a, as someone who, who was a purveyor of independently brewed beers, like, if you can develop that relationship with your barman, it, it goes a long way and it actually makes a significant difference to them as well, which is great. Um, speaking of which, and that experience, as Owen changes his background on Zoom to uh, Davy Max, I think that is. Yeah, it? Davy Max, yeah. Davy Max in Waterford. Um, I, I just wanted to say, like you mentioned table service there earlier on. Um, yeah. I just happened to, I happened to be uh, up in Leash there uh, this evening uh, speaking to Nia's father, who was telling me about an experience he had the other night where he had a couple of pints. Yeah. And he literally said to me, he was like, uh, we sat down in the front bar, we sat at a table and it was table service. And he said, it is not worth a fuck, but it's better than nothing. And I agree with him. And he like, he hit the nail on the head. But yeah. Tom is a man that like, if it's not a high stool at the bar, he's not usually interested. Yeah. Um, and it, it does bring into question though, like, so like the table service will be great for the likes of us who will probably be going in pairs or a group into a bar and we can make our own fun. We can have a few chats, but like the, the guy who goes in on his own and, you know, like, you know, say, say, say Phil Grimes now, like the amount of times that we've been in there where we've gone in as group and we could be the only two in there with Tom, right? And then one lad comes in, he sits up the bar beside us. Then another guy comes in, he sits up to the bar. Now they know each other and they're going chatting away, but they, they didn't organize to, like they didn't come in as a group. They didn't organize to meet there. They just came in because they wanted to chat and, you know, and like different lads. And then, then we, we could be there another day and it'd be one of those guys. And then another, a different guy would come in. So you'd have... You know, they, like they're not planning these things. It's not as if this is exactly. But I suppose to to summarize my point, it's like what happens. Like, do those guys now have to organize themselves as a group, or will it be yeah. to the will it be to the barman's discretion that like, all right, like the you know you can go sit in that group with you know you can sit in the at that table with that man like you know because I know I know the two of you now you're whatever like you know see you're just. And that kind of puts an awkwardness about it because you don't want to be sitting beside someone. You want to be with, within the bar situation. You want to be up on the high stool at the bar talking to everyone the and no one at the same time. Yeah, the spontaneity is part of the magic, isn't it, a lot of the time? Yeah. Um, I, this, this, so this is where I think there's a bit of a trick being missed. 
like you take the pub that if I was up in 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 Neve's local village in Ballyroan and Leash, and I was going for a pint with Tom, and we were meeting Noel, her brother-in-law, in uh, the, the one of the, the one of the three bars in the village. It could be any of the three bars. It was say Delaney's, right? Yeah. You went to this bar. It's it's, it's country bar. Big square around the bar where all the high stools are, and then there's lounge seating around it, but nobody sits in the lounge seating. Now the thing is, the bar is so big and open, and there's like there would never be more than a dozen people in it. Yeah, that you could actually maintain a two meter social distance with eight people sitting on a high stool around the bar. Mm. You could. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking here, like, right, I get the table service, but the people who are coming up with these rules and who have come up with the rules since back in May and June and July when we were doing pub pint watch and pub watch and stuff, uh, the people who've come up with these rules are thinking of the Temple Bar. They're thinking of the big bar in the city. They're thinking of the nightclub situation. They're thinking of many situations. And it begs the question of... Should you allow certain bars, should you differentiate between, say, types of bars? And the thing is, like, they already have, so there's precedence for this, because they already have when they've said pubs that can serve nine-year-old substantial meals can, can open and pubs that can't, can't. And initially you had to have a kitchen and then it developed that actually, no, it's fine. If you can get a piece in from the place down the road, that's fine. And as we found out in the last call series that we did, that doesn't suit everyone, especially in rural Ireland. Yeah. Yet, yet in rural Ireland, I think the pubs in rural Ireland are less likely to be havens yeah. for transmission of the virus because like six, six hour lads sitting in a bar where they're sitting two meters apart anyway. As I, as I said to someone during the week, like to be quite honest with you, in some of these bars in the countryside, if you got within two meters of someone pre-COVID, you'd get a box anyway for being in their person's space. You yeah. know? So I, I, part of me is thinking, if you can do high stools, maintain two meter distance, and why can't you do high stools and maintain a two meter distance? Yeah, um, I, I was actually, I, 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 when you were talking there, I was kind of imagining like the old lad in the corner just spluttering away, like. <laughs> but then I was actually, I thought of it. I saw a tweet there the other day, and uh, it was about like the way. Um, churches were kind of nearly one of the first to be able to reopen like you know and they were like aren't churches the coffeeest of venues like i did just just for a quick segment before we come back to the table service there like did you, uh, do you know do you know when we were younger like if you were if you got the mass like sometimes you try and start off the cough oh stop like you're just giving out <laughs> And wait for uh, the next person to do it, like try and trigger it. Uh, I, I hate, you know, it's definitely happened with you, like, you know, with a big group of brothers, but I, like I would have had it with my cousins as well, like where, you know, they, they cop on to what you're, what you're playing at, like, you know, and then like the fucking, the yeah, fits of laugh and then like, and then obviously because mass is like literally the worst place to start laughing, like it makes it all the worse where you just cannot stop laughing. Yeah. Or I, used to, I used to love a good old... <sighs> <laughs> and, and ironically because i've been socially distancing there's absolutely nothing in my nostrils like that's just that's just airflow hitting off bone but you know what you when you usually have a small bit of residue snot like or something because <laughs> you've been mingling with other people a snurgler yeah because you've been you've been living a filthy non-social distant life you'd normally have a bit of gawk there like you know what to yeah. just do it up and then you just wait for someone else to do it 
<laughs> used to get me through maths when I was younger. Um, but just on the table service, I think like I think the thing is here, like the amount of the amount of individuals, and like it's not even old men. Like they're they're you know throughout rural Ireland, there are men and women who their only social outlet is to go for a pint and a quiet pint or a, a sit, sit on a high stool, as we say, and there's three or four others around the bar. And they can maintain social distancing. And, and, and I do think there's a bit of a trick being missed here. I think if you can maintain that social distancing on a high stool and protect the bar staff, I really don't see how that's any more dangerous than, you know. Yeah, I think I put up, um, I put up a photo there a while ago of um, the Doll Bar in Galway, where they had like this like um, plexiglass sheeting um, that was like on the bar so it was like so say like there was about maybe a points a points worth of a of a distance of a gap underneath the plexiglass that you could pass the point underneath but like the rest of it was like you know complete like see-through screen um and it, you know it allowed you like i i think that could be like a you know some sort of um way to get around it like you know if you put up those kind of plexiglass screens that you know and has a good bit of distance between the people because like you know then you're able to have the lads sitting up the bar but the bar like really it's the bartender that's kind of trying to be protected in this instance isn't it like you know because they're kind of dotting everyone like you know you they will um segment everyone around the bar and separate everyone out like but it's the barman really that's the the potential kind of catcher of the virus so um yeah, like I think if you if you had a screen like that um, up, that it definitely would. Um, and do you know do you know what do you know what came to mind when you were talking there? And yeah, it's 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 one of my favorite pictures that we've ever taken doing um, these podcasts. Was uh, J.K. Welch's? You know, mm. their snug has it. It's not open. To oh, it's a little hatch. Yeah, just a little hatch. Yeah, and. Um, you know, wouldn't wouldn't it be great? Like, I think I think we jokingly said it a year or two ago about doing a pub that was just like a bar, and then there was little. It was just nothing but snugs around it. Yeah, hatches, and we we joked about that like before. Like, would it work as a as a business or a, as a pub? It, it looks. Uh, I saw a tweet by Mother Max there today, and it looks as if they're nearly going down that line. They've kind of like constructed a few little snugs around the spot. And they're um yeah, and 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 and. It, it actually wouldn't be. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that bad because, no. Uh, you know what? There's, there's. It's, it's the kind of thing. Like I think bars will have to give more a more variety, uh, varied experience to people now. I think they'll have to have, um, every bar will have to have a couple of snows. I think at this stage, and a couple of a couple of communal areas for when things are better. Um, yeah, I know because I like I was talking to someone there today and he said, look, it's not going to be the same. Well, I can't wait for the 21st of September, you know? So yeah. I think it really summarizes it that like, it is needed, like, and like, it's not only needed for the people um, to go back to the post, but it's desperately needed by the publicans as well, yeah. both like financially and I think just mentally in order to be just doing something, like going back to doing what they love, like meeting people again, like. I think that's, I think that's very important. Um, because I think the one thing I garnered from speaking to them all, and like this is the stuff that I got off Mike, um, from speaking. It was Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> off, off microphone to Mike um, and to all the other all the publicans that we spoke. Um, the one thing I really got from them was like, yeah, financially it's having 
a massive impact on them. And yes, their business is at risk and, and the way of life is at risk. But ultimately, like, they're safe and that's the, that's the most important thing. But it's that their entire way, the, the entire thing that gives them meaning has just been shut off from them. And it, it is the impact on their mental health that that is important. And that's why I'm so keen to get back into a pub on the 21st of September. Now, as I, I put out in a tweet with the snowcast today about Banshee Bones, I don't know if you saw it. Oh, no, I saw it, Banshee yeah. are back and I was like, can't wait to have a pint and a bag of bones again. Like, you know, because they're actually a brilliant accompaniment for a pint. Mm. Um, and that might be a topic for, for another podcast. Like, you know, I think we, we've touched on it before, ideal accompaniments for pints in terms of crisps and stuff. But like Banshee Bones are definitely up there. Like, um there, uh, for, for for listeners and uh, Yank listeners and and Brit listeners and uh, further abroad, like Banshee Bones are basically this um this like roasted maize type of crisp uh, that's salt and vinegar and flavour and uh, very vinegary. Um, yeah, goes really well. Burn burn the tongue off you, like oh, absolutely, yeah. And actually, uh, we should also explain like a Banshee is a is a fairy um in Irish folklore. Who arrives when somebody dies, um, and you can hear her call. Um, and actually, made famous by uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Yeah, and um, there's a couple of family stories that include the Banshee um, that are quite good. You might hear them at the weekend on. And uh, there's a, <laughs> and there's also um, there's also Blind Boy wrote a brilliant short. One of his one of his short stories is a brilliant one about him. Um, about fingering the banshee, so like you know, there's a it's it's a well addressed um, Irish folklore uh, character. So but, fuck, actually, fuck, forgot to say. So this is obviously your last single podcast. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. Oh my married, god. Yeah. So married on the podcast we release after this is recorded about a month ago with Shane McNally. So like, I'm I'm kind of laughing. I'm saying like, you know, it's my last podcast as a single man. But the next one you'll be listening to, I was single yeah. then. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so looking forward to that. But more importantly, Banshee Bones. Um, <laughs> I, I just like, you know, these kind of accompaniments is great. But, but the one thing I did say as well is I, I can't wait to support pubs who are going to do it right and do it so that we're all safe when we do it and that we can enjoy a pint. And like you said, it won't be the same, but at least we'll be able to give back to publicans as well. Yeah, oh, definitely. I can't wait for that. Do you have any que- do you have any questions now lined up or can I throw out a question? Go on, throw one out there. So um Leaving Cert um results have came out there on Monday, right? What did you do the night of your Leaving Cert results? Oh Jesus Christ. I can't remember. Uh I think I think um, so I think we had like some sort of mass or something, uh or like not or not some sort of kind of like I don't know some sort of celebrationary do thing at the in the school like but sure everyone was like fucking wellied like at the thing like so everyone was raring to go out like you know so uh, we brought I think we brought cans um, and we stuffed them into the hedge outside the school beforehand um, and then we tipped up to the well we had a few outside I think and then we tipped up to the mass. And then we came out and we collected our cans. Um, and I think it was kind of, it was actually like a, a pick and mix like of, of cans. We were just robbing everyone's, everyone's cans. Like everyone had left them in the hedge. Like, so we were just picking whatever cans were in the hedge. Um, and then we went into the park, um, which is right across the road from our secondary school in Waterford. Um, and then we just went drinking around the fountain there for a while. 
Um, and then I think we went for, did we go for, actually we went for a few pints then with the teachers um, in the three ships, went for a few pints of Guinness with the teachers and it was quality. It was like, it was like the first time where you see all of the teachers as human beings and yeah. like have having relaxed into themselves, like, you know, uh, and like actually gowling and like buying new pints and all this, like it was, it was absolutely quality. You actually felt like an adult for the first time mm. at that moment right there. Um, and then, then we headed into town, I think, and we just got, um, just got absolutely fucking plastered and <laughs> fell around the street I think um, and yeah a few nightclubs and a few dancing and shifting and the, lot and the rest like yeah it was a good night though and, and, and no I do I do feel sorry now for the, the Leaving Cert uh, students this year I think they're um, there's a few kind of key milestones now that they're missing out on like nights like that and Debs and things like that like but lads you'll be sound you'll be You'll, you'll hit it later. Don't yeah, worry about it. As you were talking there, I actually remembered what I did in my leaves certainly. I think this this might bring you back home because I think two of these bars that I went to on my leaves certainly basically shut down within a couple of months of us starting college in UCC in Cork. All right, can I guess one? Yeah, go on. Bondi. Yeah. Bondi. <laughs> yeah, I went to. I ended up in Bondi, but first I went to. Uh, actually, I think the signage and stuff for this bar, because I don't think it ever reopened again under any other guise. I think the signage is still up on the streets. So see if you can guess the other one. Uh, I'll give you a clue. Like it's it's near the castle in. Oh. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What? Reds. Reds. Oh fuck yeah, reds. Oh, like complete. Dumb, Jesus like, Christ. I think reds was closed down. Now, this is complete conjecture. So, like, look, I'm fucking holding my hands up here saying this is complete conjecture. Allegedly, like, I don't know if this is again. I think Reds was actually, uh, Reds was actually, not the Reds, Reds was actually closed down because they were serving minors and got caught a couple of times and they uh, had to be shot eventually. But um, I went into Reds. I think I went, like, literally, there's a restaurant across the road from Reds. I think I literally went there for dinner um, with a couple of friends and went to Reds and then ended up in Bondi and think just got absolutely plastered because I yeah I got like my first choice on the CEO farm and was just delighted and was there, like, what was the name of that uh, that spot it was there down um, near Paul Street um, and I had Mankins like, Mankins oh my god the two the two the, the two pubs like, I don't know if you ever experienced the catwalk as well no, never, no. Oh, the catwalk was an experience. Like, um, yeah, Mangans and the catwalk were, were great spots when you were 17, 18, 19. I remember um, a story about Mangans. It, it didn't happen to me now, but it happened to somebody uh, that they were in Mangans and they were absolutely so ossified. So I think Mangans, I, I, I think I was there once, I think. Um, so I don't have much for recollection of it, but I think it was full of mirrors, was it? Yeah, that was just gonna say to you, yeah. It's yeah, so, center. so um I think someone was up there and they're up the up the bar and they were I think maybe chatting away to the barman and they were kind of leaning on the counter uh, after the other mind and then like turned to their left and just started chatting away to this fellow beside them who was actually just their reflection. I'm laughing like you say that, but I'm like there's a good possibility that was me. <laughs> there's a good possibility that was me. Oh <laughs> man, I was talking. That's so good. So yeah. good. Like, 
like you know when you're in that phase of like you're still kind of going for drinks with your school with like you know not even your schoolmates but like people that you like would have known from school you just end up meeting in, in the usual places that yeah in school so like i would have ended up in mangan some nights when like you know at the start of college you know when we would have been just getting to know each other and and, and our, our other mates in college and stuff so there's nights when i end up in mangan's where you might have ended up in other places like and i just remember like just there i don't even really remember there's some brilliant nights there like there's there were some of these like i love the way the pubs were reopening so we're reminiscing about like absolute shitholes in cork that like no longer open but like this <laughs> <laughs> is very on topic for us but like mangan there, oh, there were some brilliant spots around cork there where like you know it was just there were absolute kips but they were our kips you know we went to them and just had the fucking best of times in them i know and like you have to to be absolutely no hassle about you. You get in, go get absolutely bananas inside the place. I remember a time we were in I was in Ruby's, which was um which is now called like the foundry or factory. Factory, I think now it's called in Walford. Um and I just fell down the stairs, like about like two flights of stairs, just fully falling down. I was like, gone into smoking area or something, fell down the whole flight of stairs, like and just got up the end, like and just just happy out like just right hey, hey, hey. another point please on that topic i want to ask you something now which is far far removed from us talking about a lovely point in phil grimes and grady's yard to, to to this kind of topic about the likes of of factory or actory i think as it's called now because someone stole the f <laughs> <laughs> and, and then i'm mangans in these places like our bouncer is more dickheads now than they were 12 15 years ago um, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Or, or, or do they just look at us at, as thirty year olds <laughs> acting the cool and think, no, yeah, like, are we the dickheads? <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe, maybe. But like, I think, I think, I think you could be tainted by the fact that maybe, maybe it's the fact that places that are like over. 21 or over 23 or whatever the age limit is um maybe maybe might have stricter bouncers in place i remember um i was going into um the the reg one night um and i was going in through one door and i was where i was literally wearing like jeans uh and a pair of like fucking runners or something and a t-shirt like and this group in front of me, you might have been with me, but there was a group in front of me um, who were going in uh, in front of me. And the bouncer went to him and he goes, nah, not tonight, lads. Uh, like, there's a dress code in here and uh, no runners or whatever. And I was there behind me like, fuck's sake. I was with you. Well, yeah. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, so then like, I was like, I went up. I was like, oh, look, sorry. Like, am I... Am I am I all right to go in? Like he goes, yeah, not a problem. Those lads were just fucking out of their mind. Like <laughs> I just had to tell him something. Like I was just like, oh yes. It's just like there's there is a way to deal with people, and and you've nailed it right there. Like mm. um, completely unconfront unconfrontational and stuff there. But uh, yeah, um, no, I love I, I I don't know I don't know, I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. Are they? Are they? What do you think? Do you think they're 
We've had I've I, I've had a few run-ins with bouncers the night that. Yeah, but maybe you're just after getting a bit more aggro or something, are you? <laughs> Less breezy or something. I think I'm after mellowing an awful lot, like compared yeah. to what I was. But like, may, maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the fact that I I kind of like like I probably always looked thirty, and when I was mm-hmm. eighteen and looked thirty, I maybe they just I don't know. I can't I can't put my finger on. <laughs> I just I just. I don't know. I've had a few negative experiences in the last kind of eighteen months, two years that I never really had when I was younger. And I, I don't know. It was just interesting now the kind of tangent and the off-topic shit that we went on today. But um, I just want to say, like, right, twenty-first of September solves a goal for everyone now. We're all looking forward to it. Um, I'll actually be on my honeymoon on a staycation as we enter into the twenty-first. I'll be I'll be going to Ackle Island. Um, as the pubs open up, so I got fucking really looking forward to oh, that. Oh, nice. Um, so are you gonna tip straight in? Uh, well, I don't, I don't think I'll go in on the Monday, like, but um, <laughs> no, I, I will. might, I might head in on the Thursday, all right, the yeah. 20, 24th or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure which pub I go to yet, but uh, maybe, maybe a few. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it now. Because, like, you know, you know, like, people who've listened to all our episodes will know, like, we were very much conservative public health first um, a couple of months ago and still are. But, like, my mindset now is, like, it's not really that I'm changing my tact, but I'm just looking at, ultimately, at the end of the day, the government and the people who make the decisions have decided now that we are going to live with this virus and it's here and we need to learn to live with it until there's either herd immunity a vaccine or it magically disappears like Donald Trump seems to think it is going to. So my mindset now is like before, remember like in June, July, we were like, oh, we'll, when the pubs open, we'll, when we thought they were going to open at the end of July there, in the middle of July or towards August, we were saying, oh, we'll leave it for a couple of weeks and, and then we'll head in. Whereas my mindset's a bit different now. Um, and I don't know, is it lockdown fatigue? Is it a, f- a sense of injustice for the pubs who haven't opened yet? But I'm a bit now like, I'm going to go somewhere, try it. And if I don't like it, I'm just going to walk out because if I don't mm. do it right. But if they're doing it right, like, fuck it. They need the business. They need my support. I feel like supporting them. I feel like it would do me some good to fucking go to a pub and have a pint. Mm. So I know like I'm contradiction what I've said in earlier podcasts when the post were due to open in July and August. I think there was a much bigger fear factor around COVID-19. And it's not to say that I'm lax, more lackadaisical now. It's not to say that I'm more, I'm less cautious towards the virus than I am now. But at the end of the day, like society has decided we need to live with this thing. Mm. And living with it means you need to accept that your pub's going to be open, but it's going to be a different experience. It means accepting that you're going to be limited in what you can do. It's not going to be the same as it was before. Um, but still doing those things, because if you don't, like, how long do we need lock ourselves in our house for other, otherwise? Is it going to be two years of me staying at home, not going to a pub? I don't think so. I think, like, you do need to learn your own way and what you're comfortable with in terms of living with the virus. Because that's, the, like, whether we like it or not, that's what the approach has been and, and will be. Um, so I'm a bit kind of like, yeah, I need to get used to going to a pub that's not like it was before and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, I think I think I think just to add to that as well, I think what has happened with the gastropubs and stuff has acted as a test case for what 
the pub situation is going to be like sure like look at the rules that are the guidelines that have been drafted for the pubs it's just pretty much like a carbon copy of what has already been in place for the gastropubs so any experience that you might have had already with a gastropub going in and getting your meal and a drink served at the table is going to be a similar situation so i think from what we might have said earlier on in podcasts where we were like oh we'll wait and see like I actually did wait and see when those gastropubs were opening um, and like that, that acted as my test case. So I think like the pubs are just going, it's just going to act as the, like that has acted as um, what the experience was going to be like for me. And I know the pub situation is a little different, um, but I'm still looking forward to it. And I'm going to go in with, I'm going to go in optimistically um, and I suppose, open-mindedly to this new experience and to kind of embracing a new normal. I know like for now, it's not going to be the same as it was, but I'd like to, even it's kind of like a little kind of like change up for the books as to what you can experience in a pub. And it's going to be interesting to see like how publicans are going to um, react to it. And I, I actually say it's going to be different pub to pub and that might be even an experience in itself going around to each of these and just seeing how each publican is kind of tackling it and how they're kind of like creating that community feel in each pub. Um, and yeah, I think that's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting times. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And I think as well, like the, the, the way they're talking, it's like, right, we're going to open all the pubs and then like, we're just going to be really quick to enforce localized lockdowns when there's outbreaks anywhere. And it's mm. like, right, that's okay. Like it, I don't mind that if, if it means the place has to lock down for two weeks to control of the virus. But we yeah. Same, same with the pubs. Like, I think they should just like, I think they should just close down a pub for a day, a week, whatever, revoke their next license. If there's absolute fucking ma- maggotry going I on. Think like, needs, I think there needs to be absolutely fucking zero tolerance when it comes to maggotry. Exactly. Yeah. Cause one bad pub will ruin it for them all. It takes, you see with the fucking Berlin D2 bar, I hate even saying their fucking name. Like you see with that shit that went on, like at the end of the fucking day, they were like, that kind of shit will ruin it for everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Just close it, close them down. But how much money are you going to make for that one day of acting the girl when it takes one person to put it on Instagram, one person to put it on Snapchat or TikTok or whatever the fuck it is these days? And that one incident then is going to fucking ruin it for everyone else. Like you're not going to, the money that you make on that day is, going, is not going to be worth it because you're going to end up fucking closed down. And I think if you have a zero tolerance policy for it, and you turn around and you say, like, what's going on here is not safe, not right, and it's not fair under everyone else. And it's literally like, shut them down. Just shut it down. No tolerance. Because fucking Tom Ryan has been true enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. All the other publicans we spoke, they've been true enough. And they're going to, like, he's fucking, you see it, like, we taught them. They're going to do it right. There's no, like, I will have absolutely no concerns going into Phil Collins for a pint because I've spoken to Tom. I know exactly the way he's going to do it. And I'm fucking bouncing to get in there. Um, whereas, look, if I walk into a pub and there's no social distancing, the people are walking around the place and, like, you know, the barman is licking your cutlery. Like, 
Fuck that! Like, get back out the door. I know, and you used to be very fond of that. I mean, I was. I used to. I used to. When I used to get a pint, I used to ask the barman to lick the head of it just to fucking. <laughs> I know I didn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm really looking forward to it, and you know what? I'm. I'm. I think the one thing I'll say before we get into the the end of this episode is like I think Pete from the Portage Pub Club hit the fucking nail on the head as well though today and it's like like the Vintners they're getting their opportunity now like it's time for us to look after each other and like Guinness and Heineken Coors I know they're the staples but you need to look after the small guys right? you need to look after the independent brewer so I would plead with pubs that might be listening to this that if you don't stock an independent craft beer line um, you know what your your 4% discount from Heineken or whatever it is for for like blocking off all the lines um, that's fine but like that four percent, the Heineken, uh, the Heineken are giving you off is peanuts. Whereas that that line to an independent brewer could be make or break. So just please fucking back them. It'll be worth it. And if if you don't believe us, listen to fucking fit, uh, Tom Ryan from Phil Grimes on the last podcast talk about the impact craft beer has had in his business over the last ten years. Good shout. Good, good, good into the podcast. I like it. Yeah, uh, so lads, look, you know the crack. Uh, follow us on social media, Snowcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you're more than welcome to. Thank you to Marie, your latest Patreon, um, who went on to www.patreon.com for us, Snowcast and is giving us a couple of pounds a month to help the running of the podcast. Um, as we get more patrons now, as pubs start opening back up, we'll be able to go to pubs around the country like the ones we spoke to. Um, like, absolutely buzzing to get to Mother Max, to get to um, Mellet's Emporium, to get to the Kilty Lane, to get to Four Promises in, in, in Dublin, and to get to um, to get to Tully's and Carlo as well, because we've been to Tully's and Waterford and Phil Grimes, but also to get to Tully's and Carlo to record a podcast, because it seems like a really cool bar. Um, and even like, as I spoke to Fergal in, in Four Provinces, like off, off mic afterwards, like I'd absolutely love to do a podcast in the Irish language with him up there. Um, you know, like a little bonus one where we just speak Irish for the for the th- the, the the duration of the podcast. That'd be brilliant as well. And um, because that bar is bilingual, which is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, if you haven't listened to the last call, please do because it was a lot of effort, and we're really proud of it. And it's really really good. And the publicans deserve to be heard. And I'm just really fucking happy we were able to give them a platform. And uh, yeah, like again, Shane, um, I, Shane McNally, who is of the, the Stage Left podcast, I spoke to him about a month ago now, um, and there's some really, really relevant stuff about independent craft brewing and wine in it and stuff like that. So I'll get that audio out. That'll be the next podcast out because um, it's a great chat. And while a lot, a lot of the context around the chat isn't relevant anymore, the content is still really, really good. So we'll get that out as well um, in the next week. Uh, oh, and any parting words for the listeners? Uh, yeah, I suppose just um, we got a shout out there um, earlier on this week on the Angry Bartender um, Ireland podcast. So just to give those those guys that guy, those lads a, a listen there as well. So um, yeah, um, and any parting words? September twenty first, baby. <laughs> I'm all in. Uh, stay safe, stay hydrated. With a pint. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Sláinte. Oh shit. Instead of stop recording, I nearly ended the meeting instead of stop recording.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 